0: Today you're listening to episode 240 and I'm talking with Dez Linden. Dez is no stranger to this podcast. She's been a guest several times and today we thought it would be fun to do some listener Q&A's and to give you all some good ideas for things you can do during this quarantine time to lift your spirits. But first, we get into a little talk about the Olympic Marathon Trials, which she recently placed fourth in. And we talk about that experience, how she is feeling after that experience, and what she's up to now that Boston, she was going to run the Boston Marathon, now that that is off the table. Now, if you are new to running, new to this podcast, and want to learn a little bit more about Des, you can hear from her on this podcast in episode 97, episode 148 and episode 171. And just in case you are new to this podcast and to running and to all things Des Linden, she is a two-time Olympian and she did win the Boston Marathon in 2018. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation with Des, but first I want to thank a sponsor for this podcast. Sponsors help make this show possible, and today's sponsor is Defunkify. Defunkify is a liquid laundry detergent that will get the funk out of your smelly workout clothes. Defunkify is a safe detergent. It is bio based, incentive with essential oils that crush odor, smell amazing, and are proven safe EPA safer choice certified. I don't know about you, but my laundry gets stinky with four little kids here these loads of laundry need a little bit of extra help and Defunkify is the answer they also have odor remover sprays and stain remover which you know I'm using that stain remover all the time now if you haven't tried it yet I highly recommend trying it You will not be disappointed. You can go to defunkify.com and use the code another at checkout to get 25% off your first order. Again, that's defunkify.com. Use the code another to get 25% off your first order. And do know that when you support a sponsor of this show, you are directly supporting my work. So for that, I thank you. And if you enjoy this episode with Des, please consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you are listening. And if you really love it, take a screenshot and share it with your friends on social media. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Des Linden. Well, today on the podcast, we've got a returning guest. It's probably, I don't know, your fourth or fifth time that I've interviewed you. It's been a while. It's been a few times. So welcome back to the show, Des.
1: Thanks for having me. It's always fun to be on.
0: What, what are you doing in your quarantine right now?
1: <laughs> um, this is super embarrassing, but not much has changed for us. Uh, Ryan works from home and I can obviously work from wherever. So I'm slowly getting, getting back into shape and, um, going for regular runs and then lounging out at home like I normally do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what are you training for? <laughs> that's the question.
1: Yeah, that's, that is the question. Um, I first the first week I was like well I'm just gonna do base building and like put in some good miles and be ready to get fit when it's time and then I made it about a week and I was like this is boring um so I called my coach and I was like let's do a time trial we'll do like 10k um speed segment and just see what we can do uh so we've been chatting about that but I'm gonna do some kind of track segment and just have a time trial at the end and I think we're right now we settled on maybe doing an 8k but it could change.
0: <laughs> okay, so when you do the time trial, are you trying to time it so that it's like at a time where other people can be present or is this going to happen during, um, you know, peak COVID times?
1: Probably peak COVID. So six to eight weeks from now is our game plan and we're still um, eyeing up fall marathons. So it's making sure I have enough time to train for that, but just using this as filler in between.
0: Gosh, do you, are you, uh, in the camp of thinking that fall marathons might be canceled though? I, um, I feel like I've seen people talking about that.
1: It's definitely in the back of my mind. I'm going to train like they're happening no matter what. Um, and, you know, dial in my plans and hope for the best, uh, logistically, I wouldn't want to be one of those people trying to figure out how to make that happen. Um, But I'm sure that there are people doing that and they're doing an amazing job. And that's why I'm not in that position.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't want to be in that position either. And I think that's a good idea because it's like during this time, if everything feels so crazy and out of whack and if we can just like carry on as much as we possibly would be otherwise, that'll bring some normalcy to our lives.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's kind of been my approach except for doing things that um, maybe I couldn't in the past because there's always that real thing on the calendar. We're like, well, I got to get ready for a spring marathon. Oh, I got to get ready for a fall marathon. And 10Ks just never fit in for me, really. Um, so now it's like, well, there's nothing going on. And I've been waiting to do this for a long time. And there's no reason not to now.
0: You know what? I'm kind of doing that too. I, the Matt of who hosts the running podcast, he's doing this virtual race Mm -hmm. series. And so I've like signed up for these virtual races and I never do five K's or anything like that, but it (laughs) has brought me so much joy. Like I get a little nervous the morning of and the night before, but then I do it and I feel like all those endorphins and I'm so happy the whole rest of the day.
1: I love that. And when I signed signed myself up for this, 10K time trial was literally yesterday. And then that night I had like an anxiety track dream. <laughs> I was like, oh no, what am myself up for? But there's like a nervous excitement to it. So I don't know, that's not a bad thing.
0: Okay, I typically hate people telling their dreams, but what was the dream? I
1: um, It was just like that you didn't have the right equipment for the start. Uh-huh. It was like pre-race and I was like, do I wear flats or spikes? And then I was like, for some reason, I didn't actually have either with me so I had the choice of wearing a different brand's um spikes or having (laughs) someone figure out how to get me flats and it was like last call for the heat for the 10,000 I'm like I don't know what shoes I'm wearing how horrible is that
0: (laughs) Des Linden goes barefoot on her 10k time trial (laughs) oh man well let's uh talk about the trials just a little bit um you know, you had a, you ran a tough race, like you ran so tough, but can you tell us a little bit about if you've processed the outcome and how you're feeling right now?
1: Thank you. Yeah. I thought I did run tough and, um, I don't know. It's a hard thing to really dig into too much the process. It's like, okay, well, next time on the course, I can do this better. I should manage that better. Um, I can be tougher here or, you know, you just kind of go through the course and we're never running the Atlanta 2020 course again. So it seems silly to try to learn too much from that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the buildup was not my best and I had like a hiccup a few weeks out. Um, and I loved the way I managed it. It was just having a wrench thrown into everything. And, you know, my coach just gave me all the right things to do. Um, in, we balanced everything just right. And I wouldn't change a thing about how I prepared for the race and like the direction and the momentum I had going into it. Um, And I was talking, I was on a podcast yesterday as well, but I was kind of talking about this for the first time. Um, But at that point in the buildup mentally, I was like, I'm screwed. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I'm not going to make this team in the conversations and the visualizations I was having with myself were what's it going to look like to miss out? Like, um, how are you going to respond to that? Like what's that look like and feel like, uh, so it's not a great spot to be in mentally to even let that in your head. Um, you know, it still like felt like I had a shot to make it. And so I think when the race got really tough, um, I allowed myself to be okay with it. It was like, okay, like I know how I can process this and it didn't change how hard it was afterwards to not make it. So I wish that I had never let that conversation in my head. Um, I don't know if it would have changed the outcome. I don't think that I could have, you know, found 11 more seconds, but I just wish I hadn't, um, kind of given up in believing in that dream, even for a few weeks, because maybe, you know, and that's the lingering thought, maybe. I would have fought a little harder.
0: There were like rumors flying that you had the flu. Can you bust that, or did you ever have the flu? I did have the flu. Okay.
1: So, and, and yeah, it was, it was a tough time. Um, but everyone has hiccups in training, right? So, like, I re- and I'm really pleased with how I managed it. And um, it was just <laughs> being so disciplined. Um, the last and getting the work in but not going overboard where you have a setback um, fatigue-wise and gaining fitness but not screwing up your taper and all of these different things. We managed every single one correctly. Um, but in hindsight, it was that conversation with myself. where I was like, oh, no, this this ruined my shot. Um, and, and I still had a great shot. I wish I just hadn't uh, thought that mentally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um- I heard in one of the, like, the post-race interview when you were uh, talking to whoever the people are, like right, the media right after, um, mm-hmm. somebody asked you, and I, I laugh at this because I'm like, man, as an interviewer myself, I've definitely stuck my foot in my mouth sometimes, but somebody was like, when did you feel like you didn't have it in the race? And you were like, well, I mean, I got fourth, not 17th in the race. <laughs> So you didn't ever feel like that. And we kind of as spectators saw you leading a lot of the race. So, um, I would love to hear you talk about that a little bit. And I know, you know, Laura Thweet had so much, um, she did so much work in the race as well. So can you kind of talk about running with her and what that looked like?
1: Yeah, uh, that whole race was just so fun. I mean, the crowds out there were incredible, the group of women running together was just is mind blowing. The talent that was there, um, and just how it all unfolded was just so. I wish, I wish I could have the guts to go back and watch it. I never will, but um, just like knowing all the people that were in that field and how it broke and the whole thing was just it was a lot of fun. And even when you don't make it, it's like. You look at that race and um, what a thrill to be a part of just as an American distance runner and thinking back for all the different trials over the years. um, That was that one was pretty special just because there's so much current talent, but the future is so bright as well. Um, I forgot what the question was, but I just wanted to talk about how awesome that experience was as a whole.
0: You know, I kind of forgot too, because as I was spitting it out, my, my oldest son just walked into the room and was totally distracting me. And I was like, Lindsay, just get the question out. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with this? But spit it out because he was, I was like, what the heck is he going to do in here? Um, better him than my three-year-old though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I had asked about running with Laura Thweet and everything. Because when I we watched the race, seeing her up there, I knew she was a, a major contender, but... Um, she really surprised me and I'm excited. I'm going to talk to her in a like a, ne- a week or two also. And so um, and then knowing that you two were kind of like kind of chasing Sally down together at the end. I was just curious about that experience.
1: It's such a it, again, it's such a good group. And even when we kind of got split from the top three, it was me kellen taylor and uh laura thweet and it was like we knew we had to rally together and maybe only one of us gets that spot but we were gonna have to work together to have a chance um laura's just so impressive i mean i think watching her come back from injuries um and just still be at the top of the game when you know she could be even better with when she starts stringing together year after year which she'll be able to do um it's going to be fun to just watch her develop and that, that was such a fun part about that race was there was, like, these favorites, sort of, like, everyone kind of had on their radar. But also, you knew you couldn't discount, like, the next eight people um, because they were just as talented. So there's there was no real surprise on that team. Um, but maybe they got a little bit overlooked to begin with. And I just think that's how uh, American Distance Running uh, is gonna be for a long time. Like there's just gonna be so much depth that like you could go into a major race and go, well, who's gonna be the top American? And then you know, those people are even gonna be contending for wins now. and there's there's just gonna be a lot of names and they're gonna be new faces uh, just interrupting that party as well. so it's it's fun time to be a fan of the sport. There's kind of something for everyone,
0: yeah, do you feel like at the start line, like, the veteran you know like there's all these newbies up there too and everybody's kind of you know even the the girl Julia who got 10th place like there's all these faces that we don't even we maybe have never even seen before but you're Des Linden you've been on the Olympic team before do you feel like the I don't know if I want to say like the mother runner but you know what I mean like the veteran of the group
1: Yeah, I and I almost feel like guilty at times when I'm like, well, I'm just gonna tuck in because it's windy. I'm like, don't be a baby. Like, why are you letting like the younger kids do the work for you? You should be out there dictating things. Um, But also on the flip side, like, I don't really think they're overly respecting me. It's like, whatever, it's just another body to beat. So uh, it was an interesting. And I definitely felt like the love, but also my own age, because I feel like there was so much crowd support. And it was like, well, this is the one person we've known for a really long time. So like, there was a lot of cheers for me where other uh, younger runners, I think will have to like build that fan base. And they're certainly on their way, but it was kind of funny at times.
0: So you hear people, you, do you hear people say your name?
1: Yeah. I mean, and obviously it's just like ingrained in you to turn when someone yeah. calls your name but it, like it was pretty pretty loud I think it was Nell Rojas who's another amazing person he was like oh my god it was actually kind of irritating <laughs> I was like <laughs> yeah no it was for me too I was like almost embarrassed like uh okay I appreciate the cheers but
0: <laughs> it was irritating for her to hear her name or for her to hear Tess's name
1: my name, just like everyone out there was cheering for you. Like, there was not a quiet, like, it was kind of funny because I felt that way, and I was like, uh, maybe I'm just like uh, hearing my own name. But then when she expressed it, I was kind of like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't really know what to do with that.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> and it was
1: like, she's just pick, picking on me, like poking fun. It wasn't like a serious thing, but it was kind of funny,
0: yeah. Okay, well, in your you know, your post race runner's world interview and everything, you, you know it's that point, everybody's still talking about you running Boston and, um, having that on your calendar kind of gave you something to look forward to. So I guess the question is how do you mentally like settle in on everything? And it's a disappointment, you know, like you had another goal that you were going to try to podium and, and place high. So mentally, how are you handling that?
1: Yeah, that was, um, almost more difficult because it was kind of like, okay, well, I didn't hit the goal, but I do feel like I have really good momentum right now. Um, and and because of that sickness, like I'm in a position where I can still build on this and like go capitalize a little further down the road. And I actually felt like it was all teed up very nicely. Um, came, came back from Atlanta to Phoenix and went out and got in a really nice 18 mile run, like probably within a week of the trials. Um, and I was like, okay, this is, I'm in a really good spot right now. I was pretty excited. Um, and then the chatter starts, and you're like, oh, Mm. realistically, this probably isn't gonna happen. And so um took a break. You start to like mentally process, like not only losing the opportunity to go like capitalize on this fitness and kind of build that momentum again. Um, but also is like, oh yeah, you just missed making the Olympic team, and now there's not really anything in front of you to go like redeem yourself so it was that was almost tougher for me because it made me process like two losses at once
0: (laughs) yeah what would you say your biggest lesson was from the trials
1: um I think it was mentally for me, like I can still compete with these guys. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, it's that whole thing where no one's made the three teams before on the women's side, the three um, marathon teams. And it just seemed like a big stretch, like three years ago, two years ago. Um, And then, you know, after New York, I was like, okay, I actually, this was a really solid run and I think I can compete here. Um, And maybe I haven't been giving myself enough credit just because I'm on, um, the last legs of my career, but doesn't mean that they've completely fallen off. It just means that, um, have a little more experience.
0: You know, you talked about that time where you like in the race, you've talked about that time in the race where you like kind of, you didn't give up, but you had that moment where you felt like, Oh, is this even going to happen? But I want to hear you talk about like the thought process as someone in your position, like, do I drop? Do I stay in this race? I know I'm still in the game, especially, I mean, Sally was only ahead of you by 11 seconds. So like anything can happen in the last mile of a marathon. So what is the thought process there? Because we do know that a lot of pros did drop from the race and I'm just curious to know your thought process.
1: Yeah, I just, I've just i just been in so many marathons and I know things can change in a big way in the last three, four miles. And, um, immediately when I got separated, I was like, ah, save my legs for Boston. (laughs) And that was probably like a, you know, 25 meter, like, okay, I'm just going to jog it in or whatever. Um, and then it was like, this is so silly. You've been in this position a million times before, um, or 19 times before. And you know how these things change or the late parts, um, of the race. So, it was a really quick, like, feel sorry for yourself. And then like, no, no rally. Um, you you know, you can still run people down and, uh, people talk about my consistency in the marathon. And I think that it's really just understanding that you have to compete for 26.2 miles. Like you can't, um, mentally settle for any time in there because a lot can happen. And so, you know, when I, stand on the line, I'm prepared to compete for those two and a half hours. And um, maybe if I get kind of soft on myself for a little bit, then that's my bad race. But if I'm engaged in competing the whole time, then those are my good days. And um, I'm consistent because when I take the foot off the gas, it's maybe for a quarter mile. And, and that's kind of um, why I've had the, I guess, success or at least um, consistency in the marathon over all these years. So, and I don't fault anyone who felt like they fell off and was like, well, I can try to finish as high as possible, or I can get ready for the 10K. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't, Mm -hmm. that's a big decision. I think for me, if I had had that in my head ahead of time, then as soon as it got difficult, I'd be like, okay, like, let's just, scrap this because I know that the 10 K is out there or something else is out there. Um, and, and I was kind of worried about that even with Boston just because mm. it's like, well, now I'm not, I know I'm not going to make the team. So let's get ready for Boston. And I did do that, but it was just short enough where I was like, no, no, you're, you're right here. Focus on the now, like, don't get too far ahead of yourself.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point about Boston. Yeah. I know. I heard, uh, Kellen Taylor say the same thing. Matt should have asked her about that like having a backup plan and she was like I would never go into the race with a backup plan because that would give me an out the second I started losing you know control of my thoughts in my head yeah but then she yeah. did go on to say she was going to do the trial <laughs> you know like yes now right. that I didn't make the team I do want to do the track trials because I want to make a team but um just having that like thought going into it
1: right and it's not a knock on anyone who- right did have that like lined up because that just means you're an incredible athlete, like to have like a really great shot at the 10 and the marathon in the luxury of being like, well, if I don't make it here, <laughs> you know, then I'll just go make the 10. That's, I get that. I totally understand it. Um, I just, you know, I think that so much can change late that maybe, you know, if those people dug in, assume they were healthy and they weren't, you know, hurting themselves, um, the, maybe they would have been, you know, chasing third without even realizing, um, that those late miles would, would have changed so much, or, you know, maybe they're finishing fourth and I'm you know, in fifth by five seconds or something like that. It just, it's, it's crazy how much can go in a million different directions. Those last two to three miles.
0: Yeah. And finishing fourth, you're the, um, alternate, right? So do you go like, is that what that looks like?
1: Yeah, I think, um, it's a, it's a weird process. Like it's like literally you have to sign your spot away. And, um, obviously as someone who's been hurt and seen that, Mm -hmm. uh, roll down and what's on the line, like I wouldn't fault a first timer, um, who could run and wanted to give it a go. I suppose if you had like just had a hip replacement or something, it might be hard to fake it out there. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, certainly if someone decides to go in the 10 or, you know, just doesn't think they're ready to perform how they want to represent themselves or whatever it may be, I'm I'm certainly going to be ready to ready to roll.
0: What was your biggest surprise from the trials?
1: Yeah, I think probably just the numbers in that lead pack. Yeah. Um, People just taking risks and um, maybe they hadn't performed at a sub 230 level in a while and then like, I don't care. I'm just going to go for it. Or people who, um, just totally had a breakthrough day because they put themselves in it. And, you know, I think moving forward, forward, they'll have success from that. It's just taking chances. So it was, it was impressive to see how big that group was. And then uh, I haven't watched the men's race, but seeing, like I was, would look across the road, um, when they were going by in that pack was incredible as well. So I think the men's race, and how fast they ran. That was pretty incredible as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. So do you know in the fall what marathons you're eyeing? If marathons in fact happen?
1: Yeah. Um. I don't know if I'm allowed to announce anything. But mm. definitely going to do a fall. <laughs> um, I was super intrigued by the double. I don't know if that will be in the cards. But like the time frame from... Um, like Boston to New York would be really, really similar mm. to what the trials to Boston was. So if that's something that like is exciting in a couple months, um, I haven't ruled that out either. But yeah, firm answers soonish, I guess.
0: <laughs> okay. Hey friends, I'm going to take a quick break and thank a sponsor for this episode. And that is Lily Trotters. Lily Trotters are my favorite compression socks. They are cute, they are functional, they are strong enough for a marathon, comfortable enough to wear for hours, and pretty enough to wear almost anywhere. Not to mention thin enough to fit into your favorite shoes. I wear these socks all the time. And actually they have a new crew sock that if you follow me on Instagram, you probably see me wearing these all the time. The crew sock I have is the Bon Bon Blue Crew. I love them so much. And you all can save 25% off your order at Lily Trotters on all non-sale items when you go to lilytrotters.com and use that code ANOTHER. All right. Thank you, Lily Trotters, for supporting this episode of the podcast. Make sure you check them out, lilytrotters.com, and use the code ANOTHER at checkout. And while you're at it, hop on over to Defunkify and try out that laundry detergent as well defunkify.com use the code another for 25% off your first order compression socks and laundry detergent to get the stinky sweat funk out of your workout clothes a runner's true dream all right friends enjoy the rest of my conversation with Des Linden all right so Des and I wanted to do something a little bit fun and different after, you know, kind of getting some post-trials feelings and thoughts out. And I thought, okay, why don't we come up with... First of all, we have some listener questions. But I thought maybe the two of us could come up with a couple things to make people's quarantine more fun. So are we ready to move that direction? I'm ready. Okay. My first thing it's kind of lame, but I'm just going to say it. Um, Here's my first tip. Uh, Get really into TikTok and embarrass yourself like several of the people, um, a lot of moms I know from high school that I've seen on the social medias are doing this. So that's my first um, piece of advice. Do you have a piece of advice to making quarantine more fun?
1: Mine, I'm a music fan, so I think we should maybe do like a group playlist called Quarantunes 2020. Okay. And it's just songs that, um, whether title or content of the lyrics, are kind of funny uh, now- with quarantine. So like I have the police don't stand so close to me, (laughs) right? Diana Ross. It's my house. Um, G easy, me, myself, and I all great quarantines. And I think we can create an open playlist that people could add.
0: Okay. Are we actually going to do this? Are you on Spotify? I am. Okay. We could do it. Okay. I have a playlist right now on Spotify called quarantine 2020, but it's not like that it's like actually the playlist i've been doing those virtual races too and it's a confusing playlist because it starts with a couple (laughs) of slow songs so people might be confused by like all the hardcore rap and then the slower songs but the slower songs are my warm-up songs
1: that makes sense and then you just tune into gucci main
0: exactly that's exactly right (laughs) um okay my second fun thing is And I tweeted about this and this tweet is like the most popular tweet I've ever had. Mm. And so I thought that it was well worth sharing that we need to all sit on our front porch and cheer on runners as they run by on their casual everyday runs as if they were like going to break the tape at a major marathon, like act like they are finishing something really big.
1: I love that. Would you make signs as well or just the cheers? Signs would be cool.
0: I think we need to do signs too. And my exact tweet was simply new favorite thing. Sit on the front porch with my coffee and cheer on runners as if they were in a race. I like it. But I think for the quarantine, for this like specific topic, we need to go extreme. We need to get cowbell. We need to make signs. We need to maybe even get in costume, <laughs> you know. So Saturday morning, guys, that's that's my um, that's my goal for you, for all of us to do. Okay. I like that. Do you have another one? Um, okay, so there's a lot of uh, virtual happy hours
1: or, like, meetings going on with people. And there's apps to play these games.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I did this with my sister. But I like this one, uh, this game we did. Um, we do homestays a lot for events. And in Falmouth, I stayed with this family. It was really great people. They had their whole family there and they played this game. And I think we should all do it. And uh, you can do it on your virtual happy hour. But you take a dictionary and someone picks a word and you just pick like these obscure, like strange words that no one really knows what the meaning is. And everyone writes their own definition to it. And then you put the real definition in there and then people try to guess which one's the real one. Ooh, that's good. So it gets pretty wild and you can make them crazy. You can make them serious. um, And yeah, and then the craziest one can get a vote too, if you wanted to do that.
0: Okay. How many people are involved in this game? I feel like too many people might get really confusing.
1: Um, No, because at the end it's like, yeah, you just vote like a a vote. uh, That's the one I, you read the definition and people say that, that one, yes. Or, you know, whichever one gets the most votes, that's the winner.
0: Okay, we're going to put the rules. Yeah, we're going to put the rules to the game in the show notes. Okay. Because I want to make sure people play and then they need to um, share about it. We want you guys, if you do play this game, actually, if you guys do any of these things (laughs) the TikTok, the front porch cheering, the game, if you put together a good quarantine playlist, you need to share it on your social media and tag Des and I so that we know that that you've taken action. Perfect. Okay, my last one is, um, I'm really not having a lot of confidence in my answers, Des, but (laughs) (laughs) my last one is, and and this could be controversial because I don't feel like we're supposed to be ordering things that aren't essential, but I think we all need to get a disco ball and just like have a (laughs) disco ball dance party, even if you're by yourself every single night.
1: That seems fair. Yeah. Would you put it on TikTok or is it like a totally private thing?
0: I mean, I feel like it's private. You got it. You should do at least one day on TikTok. You need to at least <laughs> share because then you need the, the whole idea is to spread this positivity and this, these fun things. So you need to share it at least once on TikTok so that other people get in on the fun.
1: I like that. I think uh, you could do the same thing with karaoke. Yes. Right. I didn't have a, I didn't have a third one, um, but I, I think it's. Well, Ryan and I have had a conversation last night, and I feel like there's something behind this. It's like sitting down with people and having face-to-face conversations, but um, also lists. I really like lists. And so last night we were talking about like the three worst decisions you've made in your life. Oh, <laughs> um, you know where you're like, I probably should have died in that one. <laughs> and we went through them and it was pretty funny. So I feel like we could just come up with like different challenging lists to have conversations about. Okay, are all Sorry. Are,
0: are all of your are all of your things on that list confidential?
1: Um no, they're all like getting in cars where not a single person in the world knows where you're going or where you are and uh-huh. being like, Wow, this is like a really poor decision. This is not very well thought out. Um, <laughs> there was an expired visa in a foreign country where I knew literally nobody. um, and I had to bribe my way out of it. Got out okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, because Ryan's number four, all of his were really similar. And then his number four, and I would put this pretty high on mine too, but it was hang gliding. Ooh, it was like, I don't know why I did that. That was, like, miserable. And I just hated every second of it.
0: <laughs> you know, I, so I'm not a risk taker in terms of things like that. And I will never forget my friend who's a Navy SEAL, who obviously has jumped out of, like, hundreds of airplanes was like mm-hmm. if I did not do this for my job there's no way in hell you could get me to skydive <laughs> so I was like that's all I needed to hear to know that I am never that's, going skydiving that's
1: about it yeah hang gliding was it was so strange and Ryan's guy was like his name was coconut <laughs> trust the like, guy you're coconut <laughs> you're falling hard bro So you never
0: <laughs> what was your guy's name
1: yeah I don't know, but he owned the company. He was super nice. I was like, I feel safe. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: think I'd I'd want to go with him. Yeah, I I think I'd just automatically move to the next person if the person's name was Coconut. In fact, right.
1: We're gonna take a rain check here.
0: (laughs) You know, I think that if I were to make that list, this is it's not really comical because it's kind of like scary looking back. I think it would be there were a couple times in high school that I probably got in a car with someone that shouldn't have been driving. And I would think, I think that that would be my answer for times I most likely could have died.
1: Yeah. Not that's always scary. In yeah. Hindsight.
0: Not moments I'm proud of. And I'm like, well, should I be proud? Cause I wasn't the one driving, but looking back, I'm like, Ooh, that those, that was not good. Yeah. Not
1: good. what a dumb decision. <laughs> dumb de-
0: that's why I am a firm believer, especially now being a mother that, kids should not get their driver's license when they're 16.
1: That makes sense. There's Uber now too, like just Uber.
0: That's true, for sure. Okay, the other thing before we do the listener questions, I sent. did you, uh, let's see, what was it? Mm -hmm. Oh, three things to lift people up. Did you have, did you do any of those?
1: I do, I have all three.
0: Okay, so I'll go first. Okay. My first is a song and every time this song comes on, I don't know what it is, I just like, I feel like peaceful and it's Credence Clearwater. As long as I can see the light. I love mm-hmm. that song. So go play that song, everybody.
1: That's good. Are we doing, um, I just did the three, a book, a song, and then a random.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So I'm going
1: to go with my song too. First okay. here. So RIP Bill Withers, lovely mm-hmm. day. Like if that doesn't cheer you up and put like you put that on the, the morning, your alarm clock, you'd be like, let's go.
0: I love it. Great song, yeah. So we're gonna do a quarantine, a funny quarantine playlist, and a make me feel happy quarantine playlist. Oh, I like that. Okay. So those are the two songs it starts with. Uh, the book I have is called The Mothers. Have you read that? I have not. Okay, it's really good, and now I'm gonna have a hard time explaining it. But it was one of those books where you finish it, and you're like, I need another one of those. You know, like you're so you're so invested in the characters. And let me look up the author actually really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and another fun thing about this book is I think one of the reasons I love it so much more is that I actually got it at a like local little bookshop when I was in Jacksonville for a race. And I think the fact that I bought it at a local little bookshop made it feel more special.
1: Oh yeah. Cause you can picture the situation with, like getting the book and the smells and the sight and the whole thing.
0: Yeah. And like picking up 10 books to, Mm -hmm. to then land on that book. Uh, The author is Britt Bennett. So go check. I mean, it's not like one of those books where you're like, ah, everything's positive and happy, but (laughs) it's one of those books where you really get invested in the characters though. So the mothers by Britt Bennett, what's yours?
1: Okay. So I gave myself two here, and you can shoot me down, but I feel like we've talked about Gentleman in Moscow on this show
0: before. Yes, and multiple people have recommended it since you.
1: Yeah, and so I think it's just a really good fit for right now because he's like locked in this hotel and you would think that this story would be kind of boring um, because it takes place in one spot and he just finds so many intriguing things to do and um, it's just like a really curious mind and is this really... Fun and entertaining, and I think that's a good book for this situation. But because it's been recommended so many times, I w- will give you another one, which is Life of Pi. Okay. And that's um, from a while back, but it's also a fun story about zoo animals, but then it's also a survival story and um, tight quarters with a unique crew. So it's got a little bit of everything.
0: Okay. That's one I've heard recommended before, so I feel like it needs to be on the list.
1: There we go.
0: So my third random – it's not really random because it's just a TV show, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Little Fires Everywhere is a Uh – did you watch it? I have not. I read the book? No. So I'm usually a have-to-read-the-book-first kind of person, like Big Little Lies, any of those shows that – books that get turned into series. Like, I'm like – really, I'm committed to reading the book first, but I needed a good quarantine binge and I hadn't read it yet. And I was already invested in two other books at the time. So I was like, I'm just going to binge some Reese Witherspoon as a, you know, snotty suburban housewife. (laughs) And it was really good. And I'm really sad because it's over and I'm hoping that it, you know, like, I don't know if another season's coming or what it's on Hulu, but it's a good binge worthy series.
1: That's so good to know because we just finished Big Little Lies and, and then this looks very similar, um, and Reese Witherspoon. So that was next on my list, but I don't have Hulu. So now I'm going to have to get it.
0: Yeah. You have to splurge the seven bucks a month to do it Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and can I just add a
1: extra thing on to that? The Spotify playlist for Big Little Lies is knockout good. Really, if you're if you need a good playlist, like the music on there was just fantastic. So, I, I
0: think- have the theme song on one of my running playlists, mm-hmm. and every time it comes on, I'm like, "This doesn't really make sense in this playlist, but I really like it." <laughs> that theme song is good. There's a mood to
1: it. Yeah, it is good. Okay. Yeah, the whole playlist is good. So okay, check those
0: out. I haven't checked that out. I will. Um, okay. Did you have one more?
1: I do. Um, Liz Climo comics, and you can follow her on Twitter. I have her daily calendar and it's just these cartoons, animals, a lot of puns, a lot of silly stuff, but so funny and simple and you'll just, it'll make you smile. Um, and on top of it, I got introduced to her from my friend, Katie Kellner, who was the the woman at the BAA who jumped into the reservoir and saved the dog and the man. Um, oh. So she's like actually an incredible person. And she was so nice. She sent me this for my birthday one year. Uh, so there's all these really good feel good things attached to it, but you'll see some of her comics and you'll just like, they'll just make you smile or you'll like, be like, that's so stupid but I have to <laughs> have to laugh at it. Like I'll give you an example. one. there's like a street sign of um, curves ahead, like, so it has the windy road and there's a snake with his friend and he's like, uh oh, his friend says, uh oh, and the next panel is the snake in the exact shape of the road sign is a spontaneous dancing ahead. <laughs> Great comic. <laughs> so that's my other one.
0: OK, what's the Instagram handle?
1: Um, I, she's on Twitter, but okay. I would imagine it's just Liz Climo, C-L-I-M-O.
0: OK, do you watch stand up comedy? Sometimes. OK, do you have a favorite?
1: <laughs> In a total one eighty, um, I'm into really dark comedy. oh, and this will change probably many people's opinions about me, but <laughs> I, I love Anthony Jeselnik like he's his presentation is just brilliant, and sometimes I'll like use some of his jokes when I'm speaking and try to uses I'm like this isn't appropriate. <laughs> I should watch a different comic but Aziz is really good. um, who else do I like? Trevor Noah is pretty good. I don't know.
0: I'm just really sad that Lewis CK is a big perv because mm-hmm. I used to love watching his stand-up and now I'm just like, I don't know. I feel weird about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It kind of ruins it
0: <laughs> for sure. Uh, Kathleen Madigan. I think that's how you say her last name. She's got some fun specials on Netflix, but they're like, they're not dark. They're like totally clean. Yeah. And like, you know, you could probably watch it with your kids even. Um, for those is that
1: a name? Oh, is that t- a name that rings a bell? Yeah, take She's great.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, Des. So now we have some <laughs> listener questions. <laughs> okay. I've had people send me voice memos. So what I'm gonna do is play the voice memo, and then you can answer. I can chime in. Your answers will probably be better than mine. So, and actually, everybody's asking you the questions anyway. So, <laughs> I am just going to, like, put my phone up to the microphone. I tested this with my husband, so it should work just fine. Okay, so here is our first question. All right, are you ready? Yes, shoot.
2: Hi, Des. This is Mandy from Charlotte, North Carolina.
0: My questions have to do with what you think about when you're running. Do you think about your next witty pun? Do you think about what your next meal or your next drink will be? Do you think about how to conquer the world? Just curious, what runs to the mind of a champion? you're amazing thanks for all you do
1: okay that's a great question what do you think about Lindsay?
0: i usually think about um like work stuff like (laughs) should i email josh cox and see if des (laughs) wants to come on my podcast and answer listener questions (laughs) with me and then I'll think oh. about it like on the next run and be like, if I'm thinking about it again on this run, I should probably follow through with this thought. So generally I think about that right now. I'm thinking a lot about like sad world stuff too. So yeah. How about you?
1: Yeah. It's a good, it's a good filter, right? You can kind of go through everything before you verbalize it and mm-hmm. then you're like, Two days in a row, probably get that. And if you have it one day, you're like, that was not bright. Um, yeah, I kind of sort through everything because I do a lot of running. And sometimes it's twice a day. So I have a lot of time to kind of um, dig into everything. And a lot of my really random tweets come from running. And I'll think of it while I'm out there. And I'm like, right, if I say this to Ryan, he'll just roll his eyes at me. <laughs> so I'll tweet it instead. And then someone will laugh or be like, roll their eyes at me, but I can't see it. Um, so that's a lot of where the random stuff. From. And then, um, I, we, I don't think about food until like one mile to go, <laughs> but it's like with a mile to go, I'm almost always thinking about food. So that's part of the daily thought process as well.
0: What do you eat like for after your first run? Cause do you eat a little bit and then run and then really eat breakfast afterwards?
1: Yeah. So I'll do like a piece of toast before I head out. And then afterwards you have like the meal. Um, Usually if it's like a long run or um, a weekend run and I'm with Ryan, it's like pancakes or eggs, but usually both. Um, So we'll have like the more like elaborate thing. And I feel like a lot of people during quarantine have been like, "What have you been? What have you been cooking lately? Like, what's the recipe you've been getting into?" Um, I don't really enjoy cooking, but I love leftovers, so that's usually my breakfast. I'm like, "What leftovers do I have that I can put an egg on?"
0: Yeah. See, my key is especially on the weekends. My husband will run first, and usually pretty early, and then when he gets back, I run. But the key is I have to get out of the door before he starts cooking whatever he is (laughs) making everybody for his post run because he'll cook something really delicious and good. And so like I need to get out the door before I can start smelling that.
1: That's a smart tactic because no way you're just like, and today's a brunch day.
0: Yep. Today's a brunch day. No running. Okay. We have another question here. Right. And by the way, the, the Twitter thing Do you ever run with your phone and like think if I don't like jot this down now, I'm never going to remember it?
1: No, I feel like if it gets lost, it probably wasn't that good.
0: Wasn't that good. But see, I have this problem. Like, I feel like I want to write a book someday. And so like sometimes I feel like I almost come up with full chapters on a run (laughs) and I'm like. I I need to, like, write this out, you know? And I usually don't, and then it usually gets lost. (laughs) Or maybe it just turns into, like, an extended, long Instagram post. You know, whatever.
1: Yeah, you have to just jot it down right when you get back. Like, okay, highlights.
0: Yeah. Okay, next.
2: Hey, Des, my name is Kelly, and I am from Kentucky. So, of course, I would like to ask you about bourbon. But first, I wanted to make sure that you know that... All bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. So my first question is, do you think that Larry actually knew that when he asked you the question of if you were going to drink one or the other? My second question is, now that you know that, do you feel like you owe Larry an apology?
1: (laughs) That's um, a good refresher, but I did already know that. Um, (laughs) I had to put Larry on blast because as a journalist, I felt like he should really be getting the details dialed. Uh, If I had answered whiskey, would he have really known uh, what I was referring to? Not so much. And so it would have been really general. Uh, So I did feel like I needed to uh, put him on blast. But actually, I do owe Larry an apology because Larry Eater – is with Run Blog Run, and he's just this phenomenal guy, super nice person. Um, I've you know I've gotten to chat with him over the years, and just s- great guy. And sometimes I confuse Larry Eater with Larry Rosenblatt, who Larry Rosenblatt works with Josh Cox, and he's employee um, number three, so he's the newest addition to uh, Josh Cox's agency, and that makes him the rookie. And so we just like to very lightly haze him <laughs> and so like making fun of Larry's comes really easily to me and so like it'd be like yo Larry carry my shoes you're the new guy in town or something like that you know um, and we always joke with him like we'll we'll kind of tee him up like we'll be talking about something like um, that's right on the bubble of being inappropriate and then like he'll try to chime in and then we'll be like can't say that, you know, like we just set him up to be made fun of, and he's an incredible sport, so he takes it all the time. Um, but it's a fun game for us to make fun of Larry, and so I took that
0: out on Larry Eater
1: when I meant to do to Larry Rosenblatt.
0: <laughs> okay, speaking of Larry's, yes, when I when you think of famous Larry's, who do you think of?
1: Um, gotta go with, well, there's not a ton, but, um, I'm thinking of Curb Your Enthusiasm.
0: Okay, good. We're on the same page. Is that a Larry? Yep. Okay. Larry Day. Yeah. And that's probably part of it too, because it's just like, it's a very, um, funny
1: character that you could just poke fun of very easily.
0: (laughs) Have, Have you watched the newest season? It's out. So I just... Got into that very recently.
1: I've watched like three episodes and it's hilarious. Um, But I've seen mostly the new ones.
0: I'm so jealous. You have so much that you can watch. (laughs) I mean, because, you know, like we've been watching seasons of Curb for I don't know, 10 years, however long it's been seems like forever. So, and then, you know, it takes a year and a half for a season to come out and it's only 10 episodes. And, um, that is by far my favorite kind of TV and yeah, Larry David, it's hilarious. Okay. I'm excited to know that that was the Larry you thought of as well. Okay. Next question. Here we go. (laughs) I don't even know I've listened to all these, but I don't know what order they're coming in. So this is exciting to me as well.
1: Hey, Lindsay and Dez, this is Shawana White from Columbia, South Carolina.
2: My question is for Dez When did you become the queen of social distancing, and how's that going? Also, if I wanted to be part of this club, does it require me to be six feet apart?
0: <laughs> <laughs> She's been a guest on the podcast.
1: That's so great. Um, I became the queen of social distancing in high school, probably not by choice. Um, but yeah, you know, just not a lot of plans on Friday nights. And so it's treated me well over the years and I'm very prepared for this moment. Um, no, I'm, I'm a total introvert. And so it's, this is easy for me and I can totally, uh, amuse myself and be alone for a very long time. And so I'm thriving right now. But if you want to join the club, um, you do have to be six feet away and, um, Sorry, then that's just the rules.
0: You know, I'm wondering this, and I don't know if you remember when when I did the live show in New York with you. Did I go in for a hug? Do you know? Ooh, because I'm a big hugger. Are you? Oh yeah. And I
1: don't now, think
0: so. I feel like you were okay. probably.
1: Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure.
0: What would you have done <laughs> had I gone in for the hug? Do you are you like when someone goes in for a hug? Are you like oh what are you doing or do you just embrace it
1: you just embrace it okay um I'm more of a side hugger I mean I might have like gave you like an arm you know I'm trying to do it but you're not like with me so maybe like like yeah like an arm uh one (laughs) arm hug
0: because I always go full in for the hug and I know that like there are times when you're already in but you're like oh I wish I could have like I wouldn't have started this but I'm in so I have to finish you know
1: no, it's, it's great that people feel so comfortable and a hug's a good thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, But I would, probably wouldn't initiate it.
0: Okay, you're not a hug initiator. Yeah. Um, And then is your husband, is Ryan an introvert too? What's Or is he the more social one? What does that look like?
1: Oh my God, he's like the biggest extrovert. And it's so funny because we'll have like, we'll be in the exact same situation, like same conversation and I'll walk away and be like, that person was weird. I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. And he'd be like, oh, my God, we exchanged numbers. We're going to hang out later. And Like everyone's his best friend. And I'm like, maybe I'm just super skeptical. I'm like, I don't know about that person. <laughs> but everyone's his best friend.
0: That's so funny. We're, I'm the opposite because I'm the extrovert. And my husband, he says he's not an introvert. And I guess he's not. But hes de- I'm definitely the more social one to the extent of like there was a season of our lives where people would come over and it would it would be like family you know close family but I would be like you need to say hello when they walk in the door <laughs> like you that's funny you need to acknowledge that someone has arrived <laughs> <laughs> I um, like that. but I am for sure dealing with this is this whole situation has been much more difficult on me than him because I you know like I will be on the front porch just almost like hoping more people walk by so I can flag them down to, to talk. Whereas he's like in the living room, you know, not wanting to talk to those people. So yeah, very different. I about. get it. Okay. Here, <laughs> now this next one, I had two questions like this, so I'm going to play both so that okay. we, we can hear both of the people. Um, right. so I'm going to play one and then I'll play the next one.
2: Okay. Hi Lindsay. Hi Dez. This is Laura and Phil from Ohio. And, Des, we're wondering, what is the funniest sign, costume, or act that you have seen at a race? Hi, this is Alex Munson from Virginia. And I was wondering what your funniest or favorite race poster or something that someone has screamed at you during a race. um, Tell us about the best one you've seen. There's some good ones out there.
0: Okay, we can combine the two. Okay. Okay.
1: There are some great ones out there. Uh, I, the the don't trust a fart at twenty two is always like <laughs> hilarious. I always laugh at that, and it's old news, but I'm like it's just funny. So that's one of them. And because there's two questions, I'll answer with two signs. Um, L A marathon for the trials, super hot. Um, everyone's just like melting out there. And there was a sign that said, "Hurry up, I want to go to the beach," and I thought that was fantastic.
0: <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. I'm trying to think of race signs and I, I can't actually think of one right now. So I'm not, I'm just going to forego answering that. Okay. Okay. And they weren't asking me anyway. So <laughs> next question.
2: Hey, Des, when you're home in Northern Michigan, where do you like to do your long runs? Also, what's your favorite bar or restaurant in Traverse City? Thanks so much. Hope you're doing well.
0: Okay. She didn't say her name, but I know that is from Mimi. Okay. Um, so we're in the
1: Charlevoix area and we just use all the dirt roads out there. Um, some amazing rolling hills and just quiet dirt roads that not a lot of people are on. I am on Strava, so you could look them up, I guess. Just don't be hanging out there waiting for me because I try to mix (laughs) it up and then you might miss me. Um. Or
0: don't be a creeper.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Or that. But, um, yeah, we were, Ryan and I were doing a long run this winter in, We didn't see a car the whole time. And I was like, it's so weird. Like the earth could have ended. We could be the last two people on earth and we wouldn't know for another hour and a half because like we're not going to see anybody out on this long run. So we run in some pretty um, off the beaten path roads, paths.
0: What would the Charlevoix community do if you were like, I'm just going to run the Charlevoix marathon?
1: They'd be pretty pumped. (laughs) I think, (laughs) I don't know. Um, I feel like it's, uh, I guess I don't know if it's mostly tourists who come up or if it's residents. So I think the locals would like to cheer for me, but they would like that.
0: You know, my husband's run that marathon. Isn't that random?
1: That is random. It's a good marathon. It's beautiful up there.
0: Yeah, he had a friend from work who was like running his first marathon. And since I mean, we live in Indiana, so it's relatively Mm. close. So he was like, yeah, I'll I'll drive up and run it with you. So it was just a totally random thing. But he said it was really beautiful. It is. It's a great spot. And then Traverse's as well. They have the Bayshore Marathon. So,
1: you know, if you're into the waterfront beautiful marathons in the spring, I recommend that one as well.
0: Did you have a favorite restaurant from there?
1: Um, Gosh, there's so many good places in Traverse. And I really like Alliance. They do some amazing uh, dishes and the people who run it are just cool people who um, put together a good experience when you're there. So, and and their cocktails are pretty fantastic as well.
0: Okay, next question.
2: Hi guys, this is Trisha from Charlotte, North Carolina, and first I want to say thank you, Lindsay. I'm obsessed with your podcast, and Des, I'm obsessed with you as well. So, my question is. Are you currently training for anything? And if you don't have a race in the near future, how are you staying motivated? Without a race in sight for me, I'm just having a tough time getting those running shoes on and getting out the door every day.
0: You go first. Okay. <laughs> I I would say, one, I am staying motivated because for me, running is like my, more than anything right now, it's my mental health uh, it help, it's helping my mental health and um, giving me a break from my kids. I feel very <laughs> um, suffocated by them at times. It, <laughs> it sounds like a really mean way to put it, but um, they're overwhelming. And so for me, when I get out and run, I just feel peaceful and it is my happy place. But also having that virtual race series, like We are doing a podcaster challenge with it and I'm getting stupidly competitive with it. Like I really (laughs) want to win the podcaster challenge. So I think come up with like a come up with a challenge for yourself and like, you know, maybe go race a mile and then two weeks later, try to beat that mile time. And if you want to make it fun, do it in a costume. (laughs)
1: I love that. Yeah, I think it's super similar for me where it's like, we're always kind of a slave to the schedule. And now there's just this crazy amount of freedom um, to do whatever we want and not have to worry about um, the day it's on or, you know, dedicating X amount of time. And so, um, like I said, I'm doing an eight to 10 K time trial, which is totally up in the air and we'll pick, uh, on the day, what distance we want to go. And it just lets me work on stuff that I haven't done in a really long time. So it's a good chance for self-improvement. It's a good chance to touch on weaknesses that maybe, um, we got away from because there was always another race on the schedule or calendar, um, that looked more appealing. And so, I don't know, I think there is some freedom in this time to just, do what looks appealing. And maybe that's the mental health aspect as well, where you're just like, I just feel like going out for X amount today, or maybe I haven't been on trails in a while. I love getting on trails. I'm going to do that or whatever it may be. Find some new routes. Um, I think it's just a really great time to be creative and have fun with running because it's one of the few things we have left that we can, you know, really go and improve ourselves.
0: Yeah. And then my other advice is like, don't be crazy though, because I <laughs> actually, I noticed fast women, Alison tweeted this today and I was like, Oh, I'm one of those people. She said like, Oh, I've seen my, I'm seeing my fur the first round of like quarantine runners getting injured because <laughs> we're like, yes, all the time to run. And then it's like, wait, my body's not ready for that. And so don't be that person because I, took a rest day today for that reason. Cause I know that my feet are like not happy with me right now. And it would be silly to work myself into an injury during quarantine.
1: Yeah. That's super
0: smart. So I think. yeah. Incorporate some like Pilates, right? Right. Mix it up. Mix it up. Okay. This is from my friend Maggie and she's been on the podcast multiple times and actually did a live show with me before too. So here's nice her question.
2: Hey, Lindsay and Des, this is Maggie once again, and I've got my last question, which is, if you are at a bar for a lot of hours and you can only play one song in the jukebox and it is going to play nonstop the entire time you're there, what's the one song? Conversely, what is the one song you hope isn't the one that is on repeat for the entire time you are at the bar? Have fun.
1: (laughs) I love that. Um, that's such a hard question, and I'm gonna be honest, I did listen to some of these ahead of time, so I was semi prepared, but I don't know. I, that's I'm trying to picture mood and the whole thing. Here's what I came up with. I would go with John Fogarty, the old man down the road. um, you could karaoke to it, totally doable, you could dance to it, um, and it's got like a sweet spot of like jam out tune to it it's not like too heavy it's not too light it's just like
0: I think it's a nice um
1: endurable song
0: (laughs) see that's the problem with this question is that what is the vibe in the bar right Mm -hmm. like are we standing up with our drinks and like bouncing around talking to different people are we all like chilling in one booth and like kind of staying in the same area like is are the lights up are they low how much are we drinking there's a lot (laughs) of questions she that i have for this
1: yes it's a it's a tricky one what'd you
0: come up with okay so i love chris stapleton so much and so i i was like i don't know what chris stapleton song so I'm just going to choose a random Chris Stapleton song, which is Broken Halos. But I love, there's not a Chris Stapleton song I don't like. So um, in general, I think that the genre of music that I'm most drawn to, yes, he's country, but it's not necessarily country. It's like a, for me, I mean, he's country, but the genre I'm uh, pulled to is like Chris Stapleton, Sturgill Simpson, like that kind Mm -hmm. of feel. Um, So that's what I'm going to go with.
1: I like that. I could I could hang out with you at that one.
0: Okay. Do you want to go first for the not to play song? Um honestly,
1: any of those like ones by the presidents of the United States of America, like She's Lump or Peaches uh. or like
0: <laughs> ugh, my
1: god. Even answering this question, I'm like I hope that's not in my head.
0: <laughs> um okay, so I have two answers. Okay. One is My husband is like the biggest Pearl Jam fan of all time. And I, I, yeah, I love Pearl Jam. There's a lot of songs that I do love, but there are a few songs that I'm every, like every time I get in the car, he changes the XM radio to the Pearl Jam station, which is station 22. Mm -hmm. And it is on no matter what, if he's been driving. And so a couple of Pearl Jam songs, I do not want to hear are the whipping do you know that one? I'm sure I do. Okay. And then there's one, I don't know if it's called this, but it's something about a black circle and it's like so loud and obnoxious. I feel <laughs> like, and our house is already so loud and obnoxious. Anytime those songs come on, I'm like, are you kidding me? Do we need to add to this chaos?
1: <laughs> it's extra stressor.
0: <laughs> okay. And then I'm clearly very passionate about this question. Um, the next one I have I have really strong feelings about this, okay? It's the safety dance. Do you know that song? No. Okay, let me just play it for you, really okay. quick. Okay. So you know. Yeah, I need to know. You need to know. Hold on. Okay, you'll recognize it. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I already know. It. <laughs> you already know. Okay. So the story, yeah. though, is that I don't like that song. My sister doesn't know I don't like that song. <laughs> and. She loves it for some reason. And at my wedding, she requested the song to the DJ. Okay. So I'm like, okay, fine. One time, whatever. I go <laughs> like have a drink. I get off the dance floor, go mingle with some people. I am not kidding. Like 45 minutes later, that song is on again. And I was like, oh, you know, because you you have this like vision of the vibe of music you not want at your wedding. And I was... How is the DJ think it's okay to double play a song? Right? He's, you can't play t- a, a same song twice. There are too
1: many songs. There's no need to replay a song.
0: And so my sister was definitely hammered. <laughs> <laughs> and I just have to think she must have been sweet talking that DJ. Right?
1: I think that's hilarious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like the worst song ever. Let's just
1: keep it on rotation every forty-five minutes. I need you to play this song.
0: And I was, here's, yeah, a hundred bucks. <laughs> and I was like very. Sp- I was. I'm one of those people that I am like so obsessed with music that I was very passionate about. Like, you know, we need to be playing Outcast. We need to be playing Johnny Cougar Mellencamp because I'm from Indiana, and yeah. So I now for the rest of my life, the safety dance is going to have. <laughs> bad memories in my Banned.
1: brain. Banned yeah. from all playlists. Do not put on that, put that on the quarantine playlist, please.
0: No, and there's lots of good picture proof of my sister not being <laughs> sober at the wedding. Um, okay, I think we have two more questions. Okay.
2: Hey, Des and Lindsay. This is Lizzie. Um, Des, we need to pick your brain about this whole work from home situation. So I feel like as a professional runner, you're used to working out of your home and being productive. But I'm a lawyer, I'm used to going into the office, and now we've got Zoom and teleconferencing and all these newfangled, fancy ways to get work done. So what happens if you forget to wear pants to a Zoom meeting? Or like, has Ryan ever come into a video screen in a compromising position while you're doing an interview? I mean, these are the issues that a lot of us find ourselves facing now for the first time. And I feel like you can help us because you're the queen of pacing. So I'm on the struggle bus with when do I switch from coffee to wine during the day? And how do I figure out which are my morning snacks and which are my afternoon snacks? I mean, we really need your help to try to pace our days appropriately while we're stuck in quarantine. So any advice you can give us mere mortals would be fabulous. Thanks, you guys.
0: (laughs) I love
1: that. So good. Um, Ryan's never been in a compromising position in <laughs> my Zoom chats. So I'll just clear that up, right? Um, pants are optional. I feel like you should probably have your Zoom focused on, you know, like a headshot, right? So like chest up. You don't even have to wear a full shirt. You can wear a crop top and then use that as the line for where you film. Um, so yeah, anything after, under that is is the party. It's like a mullet, but of clothes. <laughs> I think pants are comfortable um I, I recommend showers every day don't get too crazy uh just because people can't smell you anymore showers are good um and I are totally acceptable in zoom they are good distractions and they're always adorable um Boston loves to bite my hands so I'll be doing meetings and like kind of do off screen where he's biting my hand and then like it will hurt and it's like, ah, and then I have to bring him onto screen so that people realize it's just a sweet puppy and there's not weird stuff going on in the house. Another tip. Um, as far as snacks, I don't think there's a time for what type of snack. Every minute can be snack time and any snack time can be any type of food because I like leftovers for breakfast, big fan of that. And so I think it just really, um, throws the whole scheduling out the window and you can do, uh, breakfast for dinner as well. So it gets super confusing. No rules there. Um, coffee to alcohol. I am having coffee right now. It's 4.40 PM. (laughs) Um, I'll probably have coffee until six and then transfer straight to an adult beverage. Um, just try to hydrate during the day as well. And there's some hydrating qualities in coffee, but maybe have some water just for general health. You'll feel better. Um, and electrolytes too. This morning I walked down the stairs and my calf cramped. I was like, I need to hydrate more. So keep things in mind. Are your you, tips, Lindsay.
0: Well, my question is, do you drink coffee in the morning and then like, you know, do your day? And then you're like, this is my afternoon coffee. Cause this, I cannot drink coffee at 4 p.m. Because even if it, doesn't affect me, I will make up in my head that it affects me and I won't be able to sleep.
1: Oh, that's funny. Um, no, so I have a pre-run coffee, and then I have a post-run coffee, and then I have coffee with my breakfast, and then I have a coffee while I read my book. And then if I'm doing a meeting at say 230 or 330, I would have a coffee. Um and then maybe you would have like an espresso drink you know, around five or six, just to make sure I've had enough coffee. <laughs> and then it just can't be good for my heart. I, <laughs> and then I would transfer over and be like, wow, I'm really wound up. I need to unwind with a cool beer. <laughs> <laughs> do
0: you really drink? I mean, because I have early morning coffee, go for a run. I like to do a post-run coffee, but it doesn't always happen. And then I try to do like a mid you know, like a 1 p.m. coffee. Yeah. Are you really drinking that much coffee?
1: I think it's probably half that amount because I don't actually finish every cup. Like sure. my pre for sure goes. And then everything else is like, oh, it's gotten kind of colder than I would like. I'm going to make a fresh one. Um, so then I'm nursing those throughout the day. But I pretty much always have
0: a cup of coffee. There's just (laughs) meetings like for this, for instance, like I really wanted to have coffee to do this call. Like I like to have a coffee for a call or an interview, Mm -hmm. but it's we started at three thirty. So instead I opened a LaCroix because I was like, well, it's a little too early for, you know, a glass of wine. Whereas last night I had an interview at seven. And so I was like, I will have a glass of wine with this interview Um, so I'm drinking a boring LaCroix, which is kind of disappointing.
1: No, I think that's okay. I mean, honestly, I've had my coffee here the whole time and I sip. So,
0: but does it give you comfort? There's that. The cup makes me feel comfort. That's what it is. It's the cup.
1: (laughs) Maybe you should put the LaCroix in a mug.
0: (laughs) That's what I should do. What, what mug are you using? Do you have like a cute phrase on it or anything?
1: Um, yeah, it's a stack of dogs, uh, <laughs> all like lined up on each other. And then it says up and atom."
0: Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah. I think we have one more question. Oh, was I supposed to give advice on snacks? Yes. I don't know. I Lizzie, I am not the woman to ask. I was stress eating veggie straws with two of my kids <laughs> at 9am this morning because the other two had me literally in tears trying to homeschool. So oh, no. at this point I'm eating chips for breakfast. So Um, I just don't think you can go wrong. I think that's fair. Okay. Last question.
2: Hi, Des. This is Molly Turner from Chesapeake, Virginia. Um, I was wondering, since this whole social distancing thing has begun a couple weeks ago, uh, what is the earliest that you have started drinking on a given day?
1: (laughs) I'm trying to figure out when exactly this social distancing started. (laughs) I'm gonna probably go with 5 p.m. I don't think I've been too aggressive. I will say, um, when we when we assumed Boston was gonna be canceled, and it was post trials, I was out in Phoenix, and um, Josh was out there, and Larry was out there, and we were going to spring training games, Um, and that was like Bloody Marys with breakfast, purely medicinal. But it was also like my downtime. Like that was like okay race isn't happening and you got to take a break. So, and you're really sad. So let's go have some fun.
0: Why is it that we as a culture are like, it's okay to drink in the morning as long as you have tomato juice or orange juice in your (laughs) beverage? (laughs) I don't know. I think it's just more
1: delicious that way. I don't, uh, I'm not sure I would crave like (laughs) a beer. It's just so, okay though.
0: <laughs> like, if I, It's the hair
1: of the dog situation though.
0: Yeah. Like if I am sitting at the airport or for brunch and I have a Bloody Mary in front of me, I feel like it is perfectly acceptable. But if I, yeah, if I had like a beer in front of me, I'd be like, eh, I might have a problem.
1: Yeah. Unless you're in Vegas and then, you know, anything goes. Yeah. But also th- airport, airport rules. <laughs> yeah. There's no rules. Different
0: time zones. Um, But also like, it's funny because you're drinking, literally drinking vodka, you know, and really Mm -hmm. like a 5% beer would probably be less intense. (laughs) Well put. Thank you everybody for submitting these questions. I thought that was a fun and different, different thing to do.
1: Super fun. I liked the, um, teaser on Twitter that made me laugh.
0: Oh, I forgot to play his. Can I play his?
1: absolutely he's
0: gonna kill me (laughs) I told so I explained to Glenn I said hey I think this would be a fun idea I want to try this and he said I said I don't know if people will understand the kind of questions I'm going for and I said can you I'll tell you what I want to do and can you come up with one and so here is Glenn Hines question okay I asked him to re record it because I was like, you said um and like too much, and there were too many pauses. <laughs> and he was like, I'm not re recording that. <laughs> yeah. He was like, absolutely not. Um, and for those who listen, who support my show on Patreon, Glenn and I do uh, Patreon episodes once a month, and there's a good percentage of Patreon people who are just there for Glenn. I love it. Okay. Here it is. Hey, uh, Lindsay and Des. This is Glenn Hine from
2: Indian- Indianapolis, Indiana. I guess this question is maybe for, uh, for Dez, As being um, married to a fellow competitive runner um, and athlete who um, may uh, compete from time to time in various challenges, what advice would you give Lindsay in kind of overcoming the, um, the mental anguish of being defeated by her husband thoroughly in the uh, Rambling Runner uh, virtual race series, not once but twice in the last two weeks?
0: Thanks. <laughs> so good now let me just explain that I yeah I need to know <laughs> yeah okay he's a much faster runner than me uh I did beat him in our very first marathon in 2008 nice. by a solid 10 minutes and then he realized like he figured out how to run and like how to work hard <laughs> and so he, his marathon PR is 249 My marathon PR is 3.11. So we've got a really big gap now. Um, And so in each of these challenges, he guesses how much he'll beat me by. So in the 5K, it was like a minute 30. And I ran like 20.12 and he ran like 18.30. And the 10K then, he was so crazy and he said he was going to beat me by three minutes and 30 seconds. And I was like, (laughs) no, no way. And so I ran like forty one thirty eight and he and then he finished. So I go first and then he goes and everybody says you should go. He should go first because it's easier for him because he's chasing. He knows what time he has to get for sure, but I don't like the pressure. So I go first. (laughs) (laughs) anyway, he he ran like thirty seven thirty eight. So he beat me by four solid minutes and I really didn't think he could
1: that's impressive running from both of you. I'm, I'm impressed. Don't get injured. I Um, but I mean, to go into Glenn's question, um, I think one of the great things about having done this for a long time is I feel like, you know, I know the marathon and I know running. And so I feel good giving people advice. Like I'm kind of this, I've become an expert. I have no experience in losing to my husband. So I (laughs) cannot answer your question. So sorry,
0: Glenn. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah, I was actually, he was that morning, he was trying to cop out because he was real grumpy. <laughs> and I would always do mine like the day before him. And he says if he doesn't get it done early enough, he'll be mentally defeated by the kids. And so he was claiming that he had already been defeated. And I was like, oh, no, you get out there and you do the damn 10K. Because I did four and a <laughs> half neighborhood loops. You're going to do it. Um, and yeah, I was three and a half minutes. I was really surprised. It's impressive. Yeah. He's and he's like, this is like, he calls it his dad's strength. He doesn't, (laughs) he doesn't do workouts. He just runs a lot. That's so annoying. (laughs) It just seems wrong. Okay, cool. Well, Des, this was super fun.
1: Yeah. So great. So different too. I enjoyed the, uh, different angle and hopefully it raised some moods, lifted some spirits.
0: All right, cool. We'll have a really great rest of your day.
1: You too. Take care.
0: Okay, thanks. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you, Des, for coming on the show. That was too fun. You all make sure you are following Des over on social media. She is Des underscore Linden on Instagram. And you can find her witty tweets at Des underscore Linden as well over on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter at Lindsay Hine, and you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with lindsayhine where we have a group as well. Make sure you check out the other podcasts in the Sandy Boy Podcast Network, the Up and Running Podcast, hosted by Lauren Flores and Abby Stanley, and the Illuminate Podcast, hosted by myself, Emily Reddington, Kristen Srewer, and Sarah Holsapple. Most recently, we have some great conversations over there regarding encouragement-based parenting and homeschooling during the COVID crisis. That is a really great place where we're sharing uplifting, great information. Friends, if you are looking for a way to support this podcast, you can always check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Hine. I'm now recording a monthly episode over there with the one and only Lauren Flores. And there's also a monthly episode over there with my husband, Glenn. That's patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine. And if you're looking to support a sponsor on this show, check out the liquid laundry detergent from Defunkify, or their odor remover or stain remover. Go to Defunkify.com and use the code ANOTHER for 25% off your order. And get yourself a pair of... Comfy Compression Socks from Lily Trotters. Go to lilytrotters.com and use the code ANOTHER for 25% off your order over there. Friends, I hope that you are having a really great day. And I hope this conversation gave you a little smile. I want to say a great big thank you and give out a great big virtual hug to all the healthcare workers and essential workers out there who are keeping us safe and working hard while the rest of us stay home. Thank you so much for all of your hard work. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday.